Good afternoon. It's a Wednesday afternoon. I'm Amal Douglas, and you are listening to GPRN Global Perspective Radio Network, where we are keeping good health and creating great wealth. That's the aim of the show. Um, and today, a special uh, sort of outside broadcast, you could call it, all about the Norwich Free Market. And today, I'm definitely playing some of my favourite singers. So, a little bit more music and back straight after that. Rolling, Saturday night, take eight. Here we go. One, two, three, four. Okay, good afternoon. Again, we are back um, on a special broadcast. It's a, you, you could call it an outside broadcast. I'm broadcasting from south of the Thames in a very sunny London. Um, I'm overlooking, I can see from my window the shard and I can see the... Um, the London Eye and um, all of the, you know, loads of central London landmarks here. Yeah. A very sunny day and, um, you know, you'll, um, I said, it's a, pretty much a live broadcast, an outside broadcast today. Um, because, uh, yeah, everything's opened up. No one wants to be enclosed inside a tight studio today with the um, heat as it is. And with noisy fans, otherwise we have to turn on a load of noisy fans, which would distort the um, the broadcast anyway. So I hope you have all been fine, enjoying the weather here, wherever you are. Um, I know, um, just speaking to an old friend of mine in uh, in Portland, in Jamaica, an old schoolmate. He's um, he's happy because of the rain. You know, he's 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 planted all kind of things, and he's glad to see the rain because I've had a bit of a drought. Uh, you know, in the UK, we're always glad to see the sun. I mean, even though it's, you know, has been you know, <laughs> quite hot. I I came to London yesterday by train from um, Norwich in the UK down to London and my plan was to record the whole show live on the train so I've, I've had this thing about a kind of live outside broadcast show and I, I plan to record the whole the whole um, show on the train coming to London but then I got a little bit um, uh, hot and tired and sort of dozed off <laughs> so that didn't really work out so here we are today actually properly live, fully live here from South London. So we, um, I had a very, I was involved in a very interesting project over the weekend, um, an event called the Norwich Free Market. And I I want to um, explain a little bit about the concept of the market, what happened and why it was so important. So I'm going to use the show today to talk all about that event and the concept behind it and um, what happened and how you can get involved and why it's so extremely important at this time. I'm going to discuss all those things shortly. And um, as I said, I'll be playing a little bit of, um, in between playing some of, some of my real favourite things as well. I'm going to make so it's going to be a really enjoyable show today. Um, I'm actually looking forward to uh, the music and talking about something so very, very significant. So... We'll, we'll have another track and then we'll get straight down into it. Okay. Another Saturday night that I ain't got nobody. I got some money cause I just got paid. Now how I wish I had someone to talk to. I'm in an awful way. Let me tell you about it. Look at here. I got in town a month ago. I seen a lot of girls since then. 
If I could meet them, I could get them But as yet I haven't met them That's why I'm in the shape I'm in Here another Saturday night That I ain't got nobody I got some money cause I just got paid Now how I wish I had someone to talk to I'm in an awful way Now, another fella told me He had a sister who looked just fine Instead of being my deliverance She had a strange resemblance to a cat named Frankenstein Here another Saturday night And I ain't got nobody I got some money cause I just got paid Now how I wish I had some chick to talk to I'm in yeah, a little bit of Simon Cook always as well. So, yes, so we are today talking about the Norwich free market that took place on the weekend that I was privileged to be a part of. Um, and I'm going to talk you through what happened and I'm going to tell you why it was so important and, um, and why it's something, you know, we should all be, you know, uh, taking note of and be proud that happened and, and, and be thinking about it and learning from this ongoing experience. It starts, let me let me sort of start, it kind of starts with recognising that if people know the, the, the um, character Shylock in The Merchant of Venice, you know that he was a moneylender and you could see he was quite despised yet people went to him. So he was a, a Jewish moneylender and he's lending money to the Christian um can't remember the name now of the characters. That's so sad. And um, what you find out when you if you look at it, the history of it is he's a, he's a money lender, which means he's lending money at interest, which comes under the rule of usury. Reba we use it in Arabic, but usury, you know, um, which is really something for nothing. And you know, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, all came. All of them in their scriptures of outlawed. Is you know, God is saying you know. This is outlawed. This is terrible. This is you know. So, you know, we know Jesus throwing the money lenders out of the temple. Basically, bankers, if you like. And we know in in Judaism, it, it you know the way they not say altered, but reinterpreted the scriptures was that um, you know, first of all, it was bad. Then it was you couldn't do it between Jews, and then you could do it you know to Gentiles, and so so the Jews ended up being able to lend money at interest, according to them. Uh, to non-Jews, Gentiles, so that was the corruption for coming from that end, and then the corruption from the Christians was that it was the same thing; it was outlawed, and um, and yes, you have the famous example of Jesus throwing practically, you know, throwing the money lenders out of the temple. He didn't. Um, There's no turning the other cheek in that sense, right? So obviously, he took it seriously in the biblical scriptures. The Christians, how they later sort of got around it was by saying you couldn't lend um, excessive interest <laughs> you know so they turned around and said whatever whatever they called non-excessive could have been 10% or something you couldn't lend above that that was considered usury right so they that's how they corrupted their, their scriptures and then you have the Muslims who um, are clear because you know Allah God says in the Quran, you know, Allah has permitted trade and forbidden riba. You know, is is permitted trade and forbidden usury, meaning it's the opposite. 
So trade is really the opposite to this usury. And the way that it's been corrupted by some Muslims now, they have a thing they call Islamic banks and things like that, where they try to um, they try to rename interest, you know, on loans, etc., on interest when you by calling it uh, profit share and things like that. It's just you know, so that's their corruption. So you know, so this thing usually has been, you know, from the beginning of time has been outlawed, and people have tried to get around it. So that's where it starts. This whole concept of the um, of the, the the Norwich free market, what I'm going to get to, starts with an understanding of that that this thing is bad, and that um, and that you know, if at least in the Muslim scriptures, which is weird, it means they're officially allowed to lend out more money than they have, because it's it's assumed that so many people, most people won't come and take their money from the bank on the same day. When they do, it's a, what we call a bank run. So that's called the gearing ratio, and the banks are based on that, having that gearing ratio, having that um, ability to charge interest, and you know, and lending out what they don't have, which is like creating money. So that's the banking system, and this money is one manifestation of usury today, and the other manifestation, or one of the others, is you know, investment products that we use, futures contracts, uh, options mortgages all these are manifestations of of usury in a sense because you're you know you're selling things that don't exist you're um or it's it's you know pretty much gambling actually some of it but um you know you're selling what doesn't exist what you don't own all these things selling what you don't own what hasn't been grown yet all these things are are manifest manifestations of usury so it's more than interest this is the other thing it's more than just charging interest some people limit it to, to um because they don't really understand, they limit it to just charging interest, and then um, finally, I'd say you have things like monopolies, trading practices. You know, monopolies, where you know one one big entity or duopolies where two they dominate uh, a marketplace and 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 stop anybody else from coming into it. Other practices where people, you know, where you buy all the produce just to make sure no one else has got it. Things like that, um, undercutting deliberately undercutting people the marketplace to drive people out of business and things like that all those things are all manifestations of usury so banking investment products and contracts and monopolies and trading practice all these are manifestations of um, usury so I'm giving this is all a background to um, I'm talking about the Norwich free market that happened on the weekend and I said, I'm going to give you the full breakdown of it. I'm giving you an understanding of the concept of it, where it came from, why it's necessary, and why it was such a great thing, and people should be sitting up and taking note. So on top of that, you have to, I've just broken, you know, given you all of the, um, an understanding of this thing called usury, and why it's so bad, and how it manifests itself. And, and why, you know, if you like, every, every social ill, goes on today definitely you know poverty and so many things can be traced back to usury it's really at the root of so many societal societal wrongs today are really um the root of it all is this understanding of usury you know it's all around greed and unfair practices and wanting something for nothing and and you know um almost like killing trade you know killing the the roots to participation in trade all these things are manifestations of usury so the opposite 
I gave you that quote, that that um, Quranic quote, quote, where Allah says, you know, He has He has forbidden usury and and permitted trade. So that gives us an understanding that the trade, in a sense, is the opposite to this thing. So all the anti-capitalists should really be thinking, you know, it's a it's a message to them. Some of them haven't quite grasped it yet. They see that capitalism, this modern face of capitalism, is, is evil. The third pillar of a just financial system is then the marketplace, the physical marketplace in a community. And you have to understand that that marketplaces were, you know, in, in pretty much every society, the, the, the powers that be, as it were, had to provide a place where commerce could be done where people could engage in commerce. It's one of the ways that cities became wealthy. Here in the UK, most of the... Well, not just the UK, across the world. But here in the UK, all the big cities, you know, they became, you know, well-known and big cities based on marketplaces, on trading and markets. That's it. So markets do that. They they bring wealth to communities and they give opportunities for local people to engage in commerce. Who needs social security when you can engage in commerce? So those are the pillars of a just financial system. Real currencies that are tangible, contracts that are fair, and marketplaces that are accessible and supported. So digest that, and I'll come back with a little bit. We'll play another song, because I said we're going to play a lot of my favourite music today as well. Um, so make it, I don't want to just be a, you know, a, you know, taxing your brain the whole time. Let's relax and get some music in between. And then we'll go in a little bit more detail about the marketplace and the relevance of the marketplace. as often as I could And maybe I didn't read you yeah, Quite as good as I should If I made you feel second best Girl, I'm sorry I was blind you were always on my mind You were always on my mind Maybe I didn't know you yeah. All those sad and lonely times I guess I never told you That I'm happy that you're mine Little things I should have said and done I just never took the time You were always on my mind You were always 
your sweet love as a die And give me, give me, yeah Give me one more chance to keep you satisfied To keep you satisfied Okay, we are back. Uh, I, I did mention we, we're today, I'm talking about the Norwich Free Market that happened on the weekend. And I'm really going to um, explain the whole concept behind it. I've been talking about it. I may have, um, it's, a, it's a semi-outdoor broadcast today. I'm actually, um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm in South London overlooking the, um, well, looking directly, um, well, to one's way I'm looking towards the Shard, the other way I'm looking towards the London Eye. Um, looking across the Thames there um, and it's so hot down here that uh, we can't really confine ourselves to inside the um, studios that were not made for this heat <laughs> so it's a semi-outdoor broadcast today windows open so you, you may hear some traffic sounds and usual young London noises you know, sirens and screaming and people jumping for joy <laughs> all these things um I was talking a while ago about the um not sure if you heard me actually technical thing there but um i was I was talking about the concept of the market a concept of how this thing of usury manifests itself this unfair practice that was outlawed by Judaism Christianity and Islam and how people have confined it to to being about interest but actually it's more than that and how it you know it, it consists of the banking system, the money we use, the way contracts done and business is done, and monopolies and things like that, and um, that all these things that restrict people's access to trade and fair trade and business and commerce um, are all manifestations of this usury. And the, the opposite to it is actually trade. The, you know, a just financial system is around trade and fair practices and real currencies. You know, real tangible currencies like gold and silver, things that have physical. You know, tangible and and and, and um, being. Um, so in that sense, so that that was uh, those are kind of manifestations. And so we've got a um, what we've got to put in place are these fair practices, and the market falls squarely within that. And the Norwich free market, which happened on the weekend, was it came under the auspices of the Open Trade Network, which you've, some of you know I'm involved with before, but. It was really organised by members of the Isan Mosque and Islamic Centre um, in Norwich, um, which I go to as well, uh, particularly uh, Rahima Brandt and Jamal Seeley. They were at the forefront, of, but lots of support from many other people in the community, of course. Um, they were at the forefront of pushing this thing because we've, we've talked about it for years. We've done smaller events, well, other events, smaller and bigger events at different times um, through the years um, and put different things into practice. And, and they've taken up the mantle and, and run with it and and they've got some great support behind them. They they got support from the director or managing director of the of the Theatre Royal Norwich, a very prestigious theatre right in the middle of Norwich, which is an in a sort of backing neighbour of the mosque as well. Um, and it was held in their car park, if you like, their their car park. So he came on board. Obviously, they've been very quiet since COVID as well, the, the car park, and he's come on board and um, and has given his support and has been a real 
help in getting things done because he has a very good working relationship with the local government and council all the time. Um, so that's been very useful um, getting on. And then our neighbour to the other side also is the Norwich Wellbeing Centre, the mosque. And, and uh, with uh, Ashir Abdurrahman and his team, Susan and Carly, they, they've got, they, and, and the volunteers that work there as well. And they've came on board because their garden as well backs onto the um, backs onto the theatre car park, and they're adjoining to the mosque as well. So it's been really, um, it's really been a great local collaborative effort in that sense. Not to mention um, people in the, the the council itself and other organisations around the city um, have all got on board to help um, and support the event. So it's really fantastic just that has been great and the market you know is what it said it was you know free market traders did not pay to trade uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the traders did not pay to trade you if you could trade you could come free of charge to trade and that that's obviously that's based on the Islamic model the Medina model in Islamic Medina the earliest the Prophet Muhammad's time the market it, it's based on that model but it's also um, it's also follows the principles that were traditional English markets and around the world, that markets were seen as something that the um, you know the authorities put in place as a way of you know a bit like putting water pipes for people, just something you did for the people. It was natural because it would benefit people. Obviously, we put water pipes in, people can wash and clean and cook, so it's more convenient and more hygienic. And if you put in sewers, you know it's more hygienic and things like that. And if you put in a market, the same way it benefits people, you know, it's, um, you know, people can trade and make a living and look after themselves and their families and so on and their communities. So that's part of the market. And that was the sort of principle behind this Norwich free market that happened on, on the weekend. So already it started with a great footing that there was all this collaboration going on and people booked they they were they were given you know i think it was on a first come first basis on in in a, a booking sense normally in a physical sense it might be the first people turn up at the market could trade in this sense you know embracing technology it was like the first people to um you know email fill in the details answer the correct questions send in their the documents that they need to be seen and um and then they were awarded a place in the market but spaces were not allocated there were areas you know like that, that the food and those who needed electricity had to be around a particular you're nearer to the source of that and you know you have to be careful you can't run wires across the whole place things like that so there were spaces allocated for certain types of stalls um and um but it was uh, but even then it was still a first come first uh first serve basis who turned up first out of the people who had been accepted could still choose where they wanted to go within the space and that's that's in a nutshell some of the concept of the free market. I will I will go a little bit further into that as, as we go on. The um, but you, you might say why? What does a free market achieve? And think of it. What does it achieve? If if people in your local area could enter, there was a place where they could just turn up free of charge and they could sell where they wanted to sell a couple of tea bags, you know, um, containers of tea, whatever, they just, well, they could sell and keep the money, not having to pay anything over. So if they made £5, £20, £500, £5,000, they could keep it, 
you know. They could give a donation if they want to, but they could keep it. They could go and buy whatever they need to buy to eat for that day, probably the market too, <laughs> you know. Um, so what does it what what does it address? What challenges? What problems does it overcome? This key, this um, this concept of the free market. One is unemployment. You know, people who are unemployed still have the opportunity to just register and get and get selling in the market. You know, perhaps someone will give them some stuff to sell and say, okay, go on a sale or return basis. So it gives people access to, to some um, meaningful uh, um, engagement, if you like, employment of sorts, if you like. So that's um, unemployment is dealt with. Poverty too, because you're, you're creating avenues for people to earn wealth. And I, I keep saying local because it's really about local people. You know, you're creating avenues for people to earn wealth and get themselves out of the poverty trap. You know, and some people may just earn enough to, um, to you know, you know, like they want to hunt them out, basically enough to have a meal for that day or that week or something like that. Others may become really wealthy from it. You know, that may be the beginning of them becoming wealthy and prosperous. So it tackles unemployment, poverty social exclusion or isolation because it's a place where people and I mean yeah it's a place where people meet I'm going to talk you through some of the um, the evidences if you like that, that when people talk about markets I'll, I'll mention some of those later on but definitely it tackles isolation any market especially street markets that you know of um, you know it's a place where people go and they talk and they meet people and they chat to the stallholders um and I've been involved in markets for a long time and my family have been involved in markets of sorts and events. So we know these things. People come and they chill out and they talk. Obviously, something you can't do in a supermarket, <laughs> really, you know. Um, low aspirations, it tackles. Because, you know, many places people just have nothing to do. There's just no outlet for something. Um, if you have the, these, these, these markets in local spaces that people can see, they can... They can be inspired by others taking part. You know, say, you know, I might get in the market. I've just seen this guy selling whatever he sold, you know, and he, and he, and he, and he, well, and he made a few quid. So it, it raises aspirations, you know, of people getting involved in the market and see others getting involved and beginning to do well or, you know, just see what it brings to people. You know, how people's spirits are raised by being involved in the market. Not just selling, but even as volunteers. You can talk to the volunteers we had on the weekend and they'll all tell you they had a, a great time being part of it, you know, obviously not everybody can come every every day it happens, but, um, you know, it was a great thing to be part of, um, and the people who came, the traders, they could feel the spirit of that, you know, the volunteers, mainly from the mosque, or, or other places, people came through work, colleagues and other things, lots of people came as volunteers, it was a great thing, young and old, um, and of course, the thing about the market is that you don't allow these sort of unfair trade practices going on. You don't allow people to exploit people. You know, so if people are doing dodgy things, things that we don't, you know, that uh, are not fair practices, they're not allowed in the marketplace. They're not allowed in the marketplace. I mean, for now, you know, people can still, obviously, people can use their pounds and dollars, and pound, you know, their, their, their local currency and all these things, their um, national currencies, banking money. But... We allow other... If people want to trade with other things, particularly gold and silver, we'd encourage that. If people even want to trade with cryptocurrency, they can, you know, if that's what they want to use as an exchange. That's fine. But, you know, we, we definitely encourage real currencies of gold and, 
and, and silver and we're going to do a bit more of that as the, as the thing progresses so um, yeah so that's in a, in, a, in a nutshell in this particular market we um, we um, we didn't allow alcohol and we didn't allow pork products the, uh, the alcohol everybody was in, in agreement with that you know the councils the theatre everybody was quite clear it's not a place for selling alcohol um, and the mosque and, and, and as the mosque was so involved we didn't want pork products opening sold there too so um, that was our, our preference not everybody you know everybody else may have their own preference whoever's in charge of different markets what they um, want to allow not allow but that was our, our preference um, for the market so yeah we know that when we say market it's you know we, in this place we're talking about a physical a physical space for the market the traditional English market actually also had clear, you know, so don't think this is a thing, that this is actually very much in accordance with the traditional English markets. They had, they had three main things that they um, disallowed in the English traditional marketplace, which was um, forestalling, regrating and engrossing. And for, forestalling meant interception. You couldn't, you couldn't go out and meet people before they got to the marketplace and buy their stuff off them. Because you could, you know, you could go out there and convince them. Oh, it's a bad day for selling grapes today. You might as well sell them to me. Why go all the way to the market? You're going to get no money. But then you know that actually the marketplace is thriving. Everybody's looking for grapes. You know, so that was disallowed. Um, regrating was where you you brought up all the produce in a you know in the area, um, and then just sold it locally. You know, it just um, you didn't do anything to it. You didn't break it down. You didn't improve it. You just brought it up. Um, so that you could be the main seller, not quite a monopoly, but yeah, almost like creating a monopoly. Um, so regrating was, um, they call it that, was was disallowed. These were legal practices in, in, in English traditional marketplace. And engrossing, which was um, hoarding, you know, so that people buy up the whole produce as well to hoard um, so that there's none in the marketplace so that then they can go and sell it at a higher price next week or something like that. These were all disallowed practices. And of course, the same thing with the Islamic market. All these things are, are disallowed practices. And you will find they're universal principles because the marketplace was so central to the wealth and well-being um, of a community. So, as I said, although, although we've, we've looked at very much the Islamic model from Medina, it's very much in keeping with the English traditional market marketplace as well. And... Of course, the marketplace in in Britain, the marketplace it declined. Not I mean, in Britain and elsewhere, you see the same patterns. Why did it decline? Because there, people started bringing in more regulation, made it harder to you know run markets or even be involved in the marketplace. You know, now you know you need trading licenses, public liability insurance. Now, sometimes um, you know your license, all kind of things you need now to. Be, um, to get in the marketplace so regulations made it hard taxes once people start taxing people um, for selling in the market and charging them for um, for being in the marketplace you're cutting out a whole set of people from involvement in the marketplace um, and taxing is you know you're taking the people's money that you should allow them people will spend their money wisely you know and, and when you don't tax them the money circulates um freely amongst people so taxes they kill the marketplace um, 
then you started having sort of these indoor halls and other things that started being built and exchanges which um, were kind of cornering the marketplace as well um, these exchanges as well and then of course we all know the supermarkets the supermarkets you know almost like one corporate body owning these massive places that replace the marketplaces and you know all the money going out you know out of the community you know the most you might get some people pay be paying low salaries you know even all the senior you know the senior staff of those entities don't are not local are they they're at the HQ in wherever that might be London or wherever it is or around the world and then of course people's shopping habits have changed as well people people want this convenience of going to the supermarket packing up a trolley and paying for all at once with a debit card or a credit card so all these things have killed the traditional marketplace um Many of these things could have happened. All these technologies could be embraced within the traditional marketplace, but they've been used to kill the traditional marketplace instead. So um, <clears throat> we're going to come back. I'm going to come back and I'm going to you know, go into a little bit more detail about how the marketplace works and how that was interpreted um, on the weekend at the Norwich Free Market because we're talking about the Norwich Free Market and... Um, what happened this weekend and why it was significant and why uh, it's often called the the king of all social enterprises. It's like it's like the 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 social enterprise of all social enterprises is the open market, the free market. And I'm going to explain a bit about that and I'm going to talk a bit about what how it went, how it worked out um, in the market. You know what really happened on the day for us. And other times when we've had market events, I'll mention that too. And I'm going to also surprise you with the um, the evidences, if you like, of what you know. That there are a lot of people who understand that these things are necessary. You know, it's not a, it's not that strange a concept. But again, it's like um, you know, it's like stuff when we talk about health. Sometimes these natural remedies that are so helpful, um, somehow they they're just unknown to many of us. You know, but they're there staring us in the face. But somehow, if we make people mention them, we don't hear it or don't understand what they're saying or don't really believe that these things could make that much difference. And the market is just like that. So, as I said today, it's, a, it's pretty much a sort of live outside broadcast. Um, so, um, because it's, it's, it's really hot down here in London, um, where I am. It's, um, and so hopefully you can hear some of the um, background noises um, maybe you hear a siren or two <laughs> going on shortly and um, but I'm also playing some of my favorite singers as well to to, to um, yeah for my own enjoyment but also yours <laughs> okay
So we were talking about the concept of the open market and the Norwich free market that happened on the weekend in Norwich. And as I said before, it was um, came under the auspices of the Open Trade Network, which um, uh, people know a lot of people know I've been involved with, and the events we've done over the years, and different market events, and themed events, and pushing the the gold and silver currencies and. Um, and trying to bring people together um, to do um, different kind of contracts together and businesses and even buying properties together. So the Open Trade Network's been involved in all of that and although it uh, came under that uh, umbrella as it worked, it was organised by people from the Isan Mosque and Islamic Centre in Norwich, uh, particularly uh, Rahima Brandt and Jamal Sili took the helm of it, supported by uh, Ablakina Kanmu, the... Um, the year of the community, so, and lots of volunteers, I'm telling you, lots, lots of, lots of people um, volunteering, um, uh, friends of friends and work colleagues of friends and people from the mosque and, and also the, the support from the Theatre Royal, who really enabled this, the, the, the new, uh, new director of the Theatre Royal, um, who's, you know, really jumped in and bought and offered the space, which was the Theatre Royal Car Park, right in the middle of Norwich, if you know it, and and that's um, the, it's it's sort of behind the Isan Mosque, if you know that, and um, right close to one of the side entrances of the new shopping centre, the um, well, into Chapelfield Shopping Centre, very close to there, and then also backing onto that was the Garden of the Norwich Wellbeing Centre, headed by uh, Hashi Abdurrahman and. Um, his senior staff, I think Susan and Khalid, who, who all involved and supported the the project by opening up the garden to the Wellbeing Centre, um, and in fact the music on the day, the musicians and were all based in the garden, and that's where a lot of the seating was, so people could sit down and relax and perhaps eat and so on. That all took place there, so it was a really, it was a really good layout. Um, yeah, it was a really good layout, very close to the mosque as well. So it was really, it was good. So it was really between these sort of three premises, if you like, the the mosque, the well-being centre, the theatre. Um, in the middle of Norwich, people were even coming through the theatre. Even though it's closed, people will be able to walk through the foyer of the theatre into, if you call it the back or the front of the market, the front of the market, and, and the back of the market was on a, another road. It was really a, 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 a great layout. There are... Um, there are rules to this concept of the open market and you know and and of course you put them in place as best as you can so the the, the rules if you like the the key rules are no rent you don't charge people to come to the market that's the it's not a profit making thing and um 
if you've been involved in trading and done stalls before, or whether it's market stalls or stalls at events, you know that very often people have these events. They charge you whatever they charge you could be fifty, hundred, two fifty, two thousand pounds for a, a stall at this event, and then you realise they have not paid any attention to that. They just wanted to get your money. You know, sometimes you're you know fifty yards from where the action is taking place. You're in a back room somewhere. You know. It's, the event's not been advertised, you know, all these things. Um, so it's not a money-making thing, you know, you're not going to make money from the traders. That's not how, how it is. So no rental charges for selling. That's the main concept of the, the, the marketplace. Um, and I said, remember, this is something that's been traditional. So it's it's more a case of why would you charge as opposed, opposed to why not charge. Right, so no rental charges for selling space, um, no permanent pitches. You know, in that in that people don't hold a space. Um, you can't say this is my spot. It's on the day. You know who gets there gets that space. Um, you know, it doesn't mean you can take you know all the space in the world. You know, whatever space you need, unless it, there may be restriction on the day to how much space someone could have. But um, um, so no shops. You can't reserve space nothing permanent it's all taken down at the end of the day that's that's a concept of the market it's not you know it's not shops no usurious trading practice we talked about this no unfair trading practices right you know so yeah no unfair trading practices you know selling interest whatever you want to do um dodgy contracts that you're offering um dodgy schemes if you like whatever you want there's nothing unfair uh no unfair trading practices Free use of currencies. Now, um, so obviously on the weekend in the Norwich Free Market, we didn't charge people for space. We said they had to book online and then they, um, and then um, it was a matter of if you were accepted because you had to fulfill certain criteria. Because again, we're in the middle of Norwich. We've got the council on board. We've got other things to take care of. So we, we had to insist that people had things like, you know, the public liability insurance, uh, um, whatever licenses they might have needed so you know that wasn't our call but once people fulfilled those criteria it was sort of first booked was allowed in when people turned up on the day they were said find the space you want you know apart from say hey, if we're selling food we've got you know the main food vendors are over there so find a space over there if you need electricity the supplies you know can only reach there so find yourself over there although you had to say before you came that you, if you needed electricity so so that was that um, free use of currencies and I did witness people um, buying products with um, silver coins on the day I witnessed uh, transactions taking place with the, the silver dirham coin which I'll talk to you more about it's a 3 gram silver coin that um, we were involved in minting um few years ago for this particular purpose it was really it was really um for the purpose of of using it in trading as a silver coin a, a three gram silver coin um with about four or five pounds now and again silver has sort of doubled in value over the last couple of months since the covid was so that's um so those who were holding silver done well so far that's against the pound and dollar um you can only sell in the designated areas. Obviously, we only had a certain amount of space, but in a general market space, you know, you wouldn't be able to sell from warehouses and so on. You can only sell where the market is. 
where the market is taking place, where it's the selling spaces. That's part of the, the rules of the market. And supervision and authority, which is key. Nothing works without someone being in charge. And, um, for example, we had to um, insist that people, which is, again, not our rule, but it was um, that people had a certain amount of weight if they had gazebos, you know, these sort of coverings, tent type things that people cover their stalls with. Mainly they're sort of three metres by three metres, which is the, the general space most people were allocated. And they, um, they couldn't be pegged down because it's on a concrete. So they, you had to have weights around every... Um, foot of these things uh, of a certain amount I think we established that it was oh, I can't remember the total weight was um, I think it was about 12 kilograms per foot or something per of, of each foot of the of the of the stall the gazebo I think something like that um, uh, so we had to insist that happens because that's and that's a kind of health and safety thing because stalls can blow away and injure people because stalls do blow away. I mean, there's a heavy wind, you know, especially by cheap cheap stalls. Those again, if you've been involved in these events and market events, you've um, you've probably you know had these um, gazebos fly away and or be bent out of shape, you know. So um, yeah, when you've tried to buy a cheap one, yeah, we've all had that experience. So um, yeah, so some of these rules are. Are, are, are sensible and again you have to ensure that these rules are followed because in in our sense you don't want to um, go against the, the the governing laws and, and get the, the market itself in jeopardy and also um, just for your own you know the own safety of the other people using the place you want to make sure there are no wires that people can trip over and health hazards and trip hazards and all these things and um, um, and you want to look after the welfare of the people selling and the people visiting the market. So all these things are, are part of the rules of the market. And, you know, we on, on Saturday, the Norwich Free Market, they were put in place as well as they could be. And they're always going to be, there's always going, they're always going to be issues. They're always going to be, um, although I, I can't say there are any un, unhappy vendors actually on, um, on the weekend, but normally you're going to get somebody who's not happy about something. Um, so you've got to deal with that, and that's in terms of the vendors selling, and also if someone buying the market feels they've been hard done by or something's wrong, you have to deal with that. All these things. So the authority cuts both ways um, in the market. So that's the sort of, sort of rules of the market. There are also, you know, I said there are other rules in English law. There are many bylaws that say you can't. Um, have a marketplace within a certain amount of miles of a local government market, local local authority marketplace or registered or recognised marketplace. It's just an old bylaw, again, which came about as a kind of um, uh, people could put a stranglehold on the market and saw it as a thing to kind of make money from as opposed to um, help the people from. So those restrictions happened. So because those bylaws are still around, you have to you probably have to get permission from your local government uh, to put on something called a market. Um, some might say call it something else, but, you know, um, yeah, you have to bear in mind that these things, um, there, there are these, these hurdles to jump. So a lot of bureaucracy to jump. So that leads me to talk about, well, the modern, so I'm talking about the concept of the open market. It was manifested on the weekend with the Norwich 
free market, which was a, a manifestation of this, a practical manifestation of this, which we hope will take place at least monthly going forward. Um, we're going to have announced the date of the next one very soon and how regular that will be. Uh, of course, there's a whole debriefing going on about what happened at this one and also making sure that all the the, the partner organisations, the, the um, uh, everybody involved in it, the um, stakeholders, as it were, to make sure we got the feedback from everybody, uh, the theatre, the the, the, Nor- the theatre Royal Norwich, the Norwich Wellbeing Centre, the Islam Muslim Islamic Centre, the Open Trade Network, uh, the Norwich City Council, um, the Norwich Market, you know, um, all these things. We're trying to make sure that um, that everybody is happy. Then, and then we can announce the whole program going forward. You will find details um, probably after today on the Open Trade Network website, opentradenetwork.org.uk. At the moment, it's, it's, it's gone down because it's um, it's going to be updated to reflect all of this, and um, hopefully we'll have all the, the ways of booking other information on it, and um, all that will be updated on, the, on, on that website, opentrade.org.uk. Um, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch, you can... Email norwichfreemarket at gmail.com, norwichfreemarket at gmail.com to um, get in touch directly about um, the Norwich Free Market if you're there. And it was a great day. We had people, we had visitors I saw coming, let's say, we're in Norwich, so what would I say, coming up from London. There were visitors who came, there were people who came across from the Midlands, and there were people who came down from Yorkshire. <laughs> um, and I also saw people from Scotland there or they may have been left over from the Eid (laughs) so you know but so it was great and it was a a great event and people came um, let's say from far and wide um, not to sell but just to be part of it and also you know we do prioritise local traders so let's be fair we we prioritise local traders over distant traders Uh, not that we exclude distant traders but we treat them there is a slight difference in how we, how we, we treat them so if you're if you're thinking about um, a modern open market, if you're thinking, wow, this concept of the open market sounds great, and it's something you want to bring to to where you are, um, perhaps, then I'm just going to give you a, a sort of some of the elements that you have to think about. And remember, this can be at, at different scales. You could have something that's in the middle of a city. It could be an old warehouse that you take over. You know, a closed-down shopping centre, which would be good. You know, um, some other premises that you know is not being used. You know, it could be in the middle of a city, it could be the outskirts of a city. It could be, um, you know, more rural. It um, could be in a village. You know, it could be purpose-built. Um, there's a there's a a presentation I give which has um, an aerial view of a place called Beaverwijk in Holland. This was not so much a concept of the open market, but he took over one warehouse in a um, in a um, trading estate, in a trading estate, um, and he turned it into this sort of marketplace and it weekend market, and it grew and grew. It's like a flea market at first, and it grew and grew and grew, and he took over more buildings, more buildings, more bu- buildings in the same trading estate. And that just became the, the Beaverwijk market. I think it's still going now today. I think Beaverwijk, and the Vike is like V-I-J-K-E or something like that, or 
JSK or something, but Beaverwijk, close to Amsterdam. And many years ago, um, we took a group of UK traders from across the UK over to Beaverwijk. We had it for the, we had the kind of international market for the weekend. Um, and our colleagues in Italy had, had done it, in Spain the Spanish had done it, the the Scottish had done it, um, and we were like the last group, and we took well, all kind of traders. We we did a sort of package where people could have a stall and and um, hotel booked and all kind of stuff, and the ferry ride or plane ride, whatever. We had all of that um, booked. It was a really enjoyable event. Um, um, yeah, but he's just grown from strength to strength. Um, he's, he's not the same concept, but just grown by taking over one where, where, warehouse in a trading estate and then industrial estate, if you call it, and then um, and grown and grown and grown. So if you like the concept of the market, I'll, I'll talk about that. Let's play a little bit more music and then I'm going to really go in depth about the concept of the market, um, who really benefits from it, how it benefits and what others say about it so how you can really if it's something you really want to get um involved in and something you want to know more about stay tuned we're just going to play a little bit more music i did promise to play some of my favorite tunes today or at least my favorite singers um you know, it's one of those days in the sun shining you know who doesn't want to hear a bit of good music Anybody here seen my old friend Abraham? Can you tell me where he's gone? Oh, he freed a lot of people, but it seems a good dying. Yeah, I. Just looked around and he was gone. Has anybody here seen my old friend John? Can you tell me where he's gone? You know.
so yes we are back talking about the open market the not just the concept of the open market but the actual manifestation of uh, of the open market as it was on the weekend in Norwich with the Norwich free market um the first of what will hopefully be uh, a very regular very 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 regular event in the heart of Norwich in the center of Norwich a collaboration came under the auspices or the, the under the banner if you like of the open trade network but was really you know definitely organized by um uh Rahima and Jamal from the uh, Isan Mosque in Norwich, Rahima Brandt and Jamal Sili really taking the reins and really deciding to give it, you know, uh, if you like, give it a, a good shake and let's, you know, get something going. Um, supported very much by uh, Stephen Cropper, the new director of the Theatre Royal uh, Norwich, one of the most successful theatres in the country, by the way, the Theatre Royal Norwich. Always packed, always and always some good shows as well. They bring to Norwich. I hope that continues. Um, and for him being so open to offer the the, the Theatre Royal car park as as a, as a main venue for the the market, and of course the um, Isan Mosque. Uh, sorry, not the Isan Mosque. The Norwich Wellbeing Centre and um, the team there, which um, and opening up their especially their garden, which backs onto the um, the Theatre Royal car park, which was great. So. That was also part of the venue, so it was a really, it was a really cooperative effort, and um, so many great volunteers, so many other organisations, the city council, you know, um, you know, smoothing over some of the red tape to let it happen. Um, so yeah, so it was a great, a great team effort um, all round, and um, and some great volunteers, including myself, on the day. <laughs> um, it was really, yeah, it was really something, something special. Um, if Remind you that I have written about this in my. Um, there's a book online. If you go to businesstutorsonline.com, businesstutorsonline.com, that's businesstutorsonline.com. Well, already there are lots of there are a, a lot of free resources for people in business anyway, traders, and there will be more stuff up there. But there is um, there is a book I've written called the um, a new Islamic money system. It's just an ebook. Uh, was um it was part of a bigger publication that was being upgraded and I've and this part really just talks about the currencies, the contracts, the market. So this whole concept uh, about a fair trading system is really outlined in that book. It's called a new Islamic money system, and it's as an ebook on that website, businesstutorsonline.com. So please, it's um not expensive. So I would urge you to buy that and get lots and lots and lots and lots of people to buy it. Um, <laughs> If you can buy that, that'd be good. And you, and actually, when you're there, you'll see other stuff that you'll probably like. There are free resources for people in fundraising. There are free resources for people in uh, business. There's all kind of free stuff on there as well. So, you know, check out the site, businesstutorsonline.com. But I'm actually pointing to that book, you know, The New Islamic Money System. Don't worry about if you're Muslim or not. You'll, you'll, it, it explains things. It's relevant to everybody. The... Um, I was talking about those who wanted to take the whole concept, understand the concept of the physical open market today, and what that would look like. Whether it was in a um, in a the mid city, you know, the main centre of a city centre, on the outskirts of a city centre, in a small town, in a village, in a rural area. What are the sort of um, things that you would need to think about? And of course, it all depends on. 
you know, you go with whatever you get, whatever you, whatever you can do, you do, you, you, you put as much of it in place as you can, and um, and according to what restrictions you have, you know, whether from local government, you know, for private individuals, you you um you 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 have to deal with that. But ideally, you're going to have parking, warehousing, storage, and loading bays. You're going to have um, multiple selling areas. Some will just be open areas and some will be designated for specific things. Your performance areas, people where people can perform, buskers, singers, fairground attractions, you know, you're going to have that performing area. It's a, it's a real event, you know, it's, it's a marketplace. You need some sort of administration area, courthouse, you need to be able to settle disputes with traders, with the public, uh, other people who come, so you need that kind of, um, I call it a courthouse, an administration area. Um Ideally, serviced offices where people can do business, so people can actually, um, who come to the market, can actually also go and do business while they're there. Um, and that could also be opened outside of market hours, could, could be opened outside of um, market trading hours. So service offices, you know, innovation hubs, business hubs, that kind of thing. Craft making areas, you know, that should be, you know, joining the market, not part of the market, but, you know, you want to facilitate where people can come and um make things that will be sold in the market when the market's opened. You can have toilets and ablution facilities, you know, places where people can use places of worship. You know, you know you know what um airports are like. They'll have usually have some kind of chapel that anybody can use, different people can use different faiths. You probably have something like that. Uh play auction areas because auctions is also a, a money spinner for the market too. Auction fees if you organise auctions. They mean remember this could be according to your space could be cattle auctions could be car auctions could be you know furniture auctions or anything slaughterhouse and pen if you're you know ideally if you could have a slaughterhouse near to the market where you know meat could be you know animals could be slaughtered and there could be fresh meat you know that people can see where it's coming from you know and it's inspected there and then all the inspectors are there you know it's been slaughtered in the morning and in, within the hour it's it's there for people to buy fresh. You know that great that would be, you know, and you know, and people can see the ones that are, you know, organically reared and, you know, animals kept in one place. People can see, you know, the whole process. That'd be ideal. Um, changing rooms, you know, that could obviously just like um, a shopping centre. People who try on clothes and things. We also need to, you know, uh, yeah, places to try on clothes and things like that. So private areas that are probably available for everybody to use you know maybe people pay to use that you know 50p to use the um change room or something you know um maybe the um storeholders pay who knows security posts uh exhibition space you want to some you know maybe you have exhibitions at points sometimes you have traveling exhibitions that may come there that bring life to the market you know so apart from the traders you're bringing life to the market you're really making this social space international hub i talked earlier about people um treating people outside of the locality differently and um you know when i say the whole thing about free i'm really talking about local people um you may have a different arrangement with people coming from outside the area outside the county internationally but you know people have seen these sort of you know german markets and french markets italian markets african markets that um that travel around and you want to have space for those things to come to you know to be able to participate in the market um, not at the expense of local traders so maybe you have a designated space that is set aside for that whether it will be exhibitions or travelling 
uh, people. I mentioned them um, when I went to Beaverwijk in Holland. We went. It was an international hall. They they built an international hall for international traders, and then they could advertise each this week at the, you know at the, the the Beaverwijk market. These people this week. Uh, these people. And what we found actually was that um, people who some people had gone to the, for example, the Spanish had gone, um, and the Spanish community was actually the, the the Muslim community of Granada that we were linked with. They had they had taken people there, Muslims and non-Muslims. They taken just you know people from the city of Granada. They'd gone there with all these traders, um, um, so you know selling like we did from from the UK, from England at least, and. Um, it, when they were there, you know, they had the weekend, they had a great weekend and they had products and some of the products did well and local people, you know, made deals with them and said, I'll tell you what, let me keep, don't take your stuff back all the way with you to Spain, leave the stuff with me and I'll sell it and I'll send you the money as I sell it. Stuff like that, all those kind of arrangements were made with local people. So some of those people were still around when we got there. They participated in our market as international traders, although they were actually locals now. But they... um they were, you know, left over, if you like, from the last time. So, you know, these things stimulate, you see, international traders stimulate local trade as well, in that sense. And of course, you're going to have food hall and restaurant areas, you know, that, that you're always going to have that. Um, no kind of marketplace now doesn't have kind of food halls and, you know, some markets are just about food, in fact, you know. And ideally, you know, your, your, um, your food sellers will get all their supplies from the market. Ideally, that's what you want to get to, <clears throat> you know. Not to mention, you know, all the traders will probably buy food from them, you know. So all that. So that's the the concept. You're thinking about a marketplace, and I said it can be anywhere. It can be, it can be local. It can be, um, you know, it can be rural. It can be urban. It can be on the edge of a city. It can be major size. It can be, you know, small. It can be major. It can be purpose built. It can be taken over. A warehouse an old shop, a big shop, a shopping centre, a park, you know, it's, it's um, you know, whatever's available, you, you, you um, adapt accordingly. And we're here, the whole point of you know, the Open Trade Network is that um, we're here to help you. If you want to do anything to do with the markets and, and real currencies and fair contracts, we're here, wherever you are, we'll offer the support we can, um, particularly myself, you know, so feel free to get in touch. It will be by the website opentrade.org.uk, but I said at the moment it's down because we're, we're trying to, you know, upgrade it. Um, well, make sure we've paid all our fees as well. <laughs> but uh, we're trying to upgrade it because um, it's got to deal with this. It's, uh, this this Norwich free market has really taken off and, and given us lots of added interest. Um, you know, it's caught people's imagination and um, it's going to go from strength to strength, inshallah. So um, opentrade.org.uk. Um, until that is up, then um, please just email norwichfreemarket at gmail.com and get in touch that way, norwichfreemarket at gmail.com. And I said you can read more by going to the website businesstutorsonline.com and just downloading that book, um, The New Islamic Money System. Right, And it will explain the, the, these things um, yeah, we'll explain these things. So, again, it's not, you know, sometimes people think, wow, you know, that sounds far-fetched. You know, when we used to talk about gold as currency, you know, 20 years talking about gold and silver as currency, and some people thought we were mad. And now I've seen people come on board and people, um, 
you know, people are pushing gold and silver like never before and people are pushing it as currency like never before and um, saying you're mad not to have money, some of your savings in gold, um, much stronger than we were. So people have surpassed what we were saying, even though, you know, some of us, people thought we were mad when we were saying it 20 years ago. And the same thing with the, well, with the things like the contracts, when we've highlighted how unfair some of the contracts are, but then I noticed like Professor Paul Collier wrote this book, The Bottom Billion, and he highlights, you know, he highlights some of these things about the contracts and what keeps people poor, the bottom billion in the world. And a lot of it is to do with access to markets and is to do with the the, the contracts, particularly international mining contracts. Um, but now a lot of people have, have seen that and are trying to get on board um, with that, you know, and how contracts are awarded. A lot of people are trying to get on board with that. Although I do note, I mentioned a few weeks ago that since the um, lockdown, that um, that um, the two government are they ministers? One is I think Jeremy Hunt, and the other one is um, this man who broke the lockdown, the big advisor to Boris Johnson, whose name I can't remember. Um, apparently, some organisation they were contacted. They were they were both connected with, you know, not not not, uh, not working for. They may they have connected with in some way. Obviously, everybody, you know but quite closely seen with the people involved in that company. But they were awarded some big research contract to do with COVID-19 in the last few months or weeks even. And it didn't go through the normal tender process because these are special times, emergency times. So you see how things drift into unfairness, you know, so you have to watch out for that. So, but I said, other people say things better than we do. And they're... I talked about the other day this um, lady Mary Portas, you know, the sort of queen of the high street, wants to revitalise Britain's high streets. She did a report about revitalising or reviving the high streets in the UK. And, you know, she did recommend a kind of market day that people be given free access to business, to trade on the high street. She was was particularly talking about the high street, not so much the marketplace, but it's the same concept, that people should give me an opportunity to trade freely um, sort of get into business to see to see what it's like. That was one of her recommendations in one of her reports about you know revitalising the high street and trade in the UK, um, commerce, real commerce in the UK. The um, the Open University and Joseph Roundtree, Roundtree Foundation they published a report a few years ago about the markets as social, the real benefits as markets as social spaces. I mentioned that earlier, and they've re, they've you know they've actually done a report just showing you how vital and how tremendous markets are as social spaces and tackling things like loneliness and isolation and these things. There was, um, I think it's the Greater London Authority, um, and I can't remember which ministry, they did a a report on London street markets, um, and also there was another report, The World on a Plate, about Queen Street Market. But they they showed that actually... um, they did some research in London and particularly they looked at a local um, big supermarket, one of the big supermarkets here, well-known green supermarkets, and um, in colour, I mean. <laughs> and, um, and they found out that the street market nearby, on average, the prices were 50% cheaper. The prices in the local street market were 50% cheaper, on average, than in the supermarket. A concept that most people think is not true. They say, no, it can't be. Because we remember we're fed advertising upon advertising about how cheap the supermarkets are, and they found out that um, the markets were on average cheaper 
um, and also that there was this ability to to haggle with prices and get um, bargains, especially at the end of the day, right? So, but not only that, were they cheaper, but they also employed more people per square foot, more people per square foot. So, more people per square meter or square foot, whatever you want to call it, square mile, are involved or employed, you know, benefiting from the marketplace in terms of being paid or something or earning money, earning a living, than in the supermarket. And these are local people. Don't forget, these are all local people, generally speaking. These are mainly local, lo local, local people. So, um, you know, even that in our heads, we think that the you know the supermarket. Oh, we bring the supermarket in; it will um, employ so many people. But actually, the markets generally employ more people. And we think, oh, the supermarket will give us access to cheap food, but the soup, the, the markets are selling cheaper food. You know, and these are proof. These are these are. Um, Official reports that have been done stating this. The um, there was the limitations of a prov provenance approach to local food, and that was the East Anglia Food Link. They looked at the reality of, do you know this thing about buying local, and how far food goes, traveling, how many miles? What do you call it? Not air miles. You know the miles that food travels, or um, you know that. Um, so sometimes people have said, you know, they they um, yeah, your bacon comes from a local pig, but you know. The feeding, the feeders travelled, you know, ten thousand miles to reach them, um, and sometimes they, you have animals grown here that are sent abroad to be slaughtered and stuff. Like, all kind of weird stuff going on. So just saying things are local and support local, and the ability to put a badge and say support local doesn't really make things local. Having local market places that are open to local and prioritised to local traders and selling, that's what supports local. And that's when you know that things haven't travelled far to get to that marketplace. They haven't gone through, a, you know, a twenty-five thousand mile distribution chain, you know, which is usually supermarkets distributing to their own supermarkets, you know. Um, or if they have, maybe they've gone through a series of actually buying and selling, and people making money along the way. You know, actually individuals making money along the way. Someone's added ten p here, and then down in London they added another ten p, and then by the time it got to Norwich Free Market, they've added another 10 people, people are happy to pay sometimes, you know. So, um, local is not what it's all cracked up to be, but having a local market does really um, mean, you know, local. So that's, um, and there's another one by the um, Friends of the Earth, they did the economic benefits of a farmer's market. And remember, these these markets do kind of incorporate, you know, farmer's markets to some degree, and they, they incorporate farmer's markets, um they can incorporate bits of, you know, what you might call a boot sales to some degree, um, but that's usually a different kind of trader, you know, and it will incorporate, you know, people who make things and it will incorporate people who just want to trade, who are just looking to buy something and have a place to sell it, you know, it will incorporate the new person, uh, it will incorporate those who are more professional than others and they've got the whole setup, it will incorporate those who've only got a table or even don't have a table. Because although you give the space free, you, know, you can also rent them a table if they come. So those are just some of the, um, what some of the experts say, you know. So there's markets and social spaces by the Open University. There's London Street Markets by the GLA Economic Development, Culture and Sports Committee. There's the limitations of food provenance approach by East Anglia Food Link. There's trading places uh, by the New Economic Foundation. There's a the world on a plate by the New Economic Foundation again. There's the economic economic benefits of farmers markets by Friends of the Earth, and there's the open market paradigm by the um, 
uh, Islamic Studies Forum, I think. Um, and um, I will actually try and get these available on the Open Trade Network site. They haven't been available at this point, but I will try and get them up on the Open Trade Network site, opentrade.org.uk. So please check that site in a couple of days. The other thing about the market, so people say, well, who benefits? So really, who, who benefits from the marketplace? Really, and I think this is very important that everybody didn't understand this, that um, understand why, how people actually benefit from the market. So who actually benefits? The residents, local residents benefit because everybody has the opp opportunity to earn a living from trading. Do you understand? It's open um, on that first come first serve basis. So everybody has an opportunity to sell. You're opening up, you know, the ability, the possibility of earning income from trading, simple trading, to everybody in the community. Service providers, the market, as I said, people came up to visit this market from all over the UK. You know, I said from up, down and across. Um, so service providers were not just storeholders, but, you know, whether people, well, they, you could get coffee in the market and food. But, you know, people stay in different places, you know, whether the guest house and hotels, Airbnb people, um, places to stay in other shops. You know, people, um, service providers benefit, taxes. All these people benefit because we've got the, the market going on. Local traders, we said it's um, they have the opportunity to trade, and um, once the market's up and running and you start getting these visiting traders, then they will also open up space for local traders to go and visit those markets. So, local traders benefit, um, customers benefit because you know, lower, over, low, lower overheads mean lower prices, and also the concept of the market means you had a really diverse set of people um, coming to the market who you could see and converse with and you know it's very social farmers and local producers obviously they had they had you know they had local farmers and local producers had you know um priority access to the marketplace and the distance of travel for them is is is, is local so you know so it really benefits them local government you know less people depending on um less people depending on you know services from the government you know because they can if they can earn a living they can look after themselves and um and the goodwill it meant you know the people were looking at the, the council favorably because of their support for this and it's helping them revitalize the inner city because everybody's trying to revitalize their inner city um their inner cities these days especially post well yeah post lockdown in this whole kind of covid19 scare and all these things like that um, all the people, if you're if you're a fair trade or anti-globalization campaigner, then there's nothing more fair trade than the um, open market. You know, because one because the the trading practices are fair, and also you're giving producers access to the marketplace. And you're not saying we're going to give you an extra one p a kilogram. You're saying no, we're going to facilitate you. We're going to facilitate you coming into the marketplace. So they benefit the fair trade campaigners and the anti-globalization. Because everything about this is anti-globalization and anti, you know, anti-capitalist in that way. So it's you know ideal for them. They 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 um. You know, I think at the moment some of them have been a bit slow to get on board, but some of them are getting there. And if you're a climate change activist, um, then you know, at the Norwich Free Market, there was definitely um, you know, had the recycling bins. There was um, a big push to make sure we we did our part for recycling and also um that because things are coming and cleaning up, you know, obviously cleaning up and not leaving litter and all these things, but also um, 
you know, things are not travelling far. You know, rubbish is not, not travelling long distances. So, everybody benefits. Everybody benefits from, um, from the concept of the free market. So, I, I went on a bit there. Let me, um, let me, you know, we should, you know, break it up again, have another little bit of music. And then I'm going to come back and sort of finish up and talk to you about, about the, um, the challenges that we face and the challenges that you should all take on as well and I'm going to talk to you very importantly about the numbers it's a free market so how was the Norwich free market funded and how does this concept work how is it funded if it's you know if no one pays to, to you know to sell um, that's a very important question a lot of you want to know Radio Network. The Imran Selection, four to six Fridays. Interrupting Peter Tosh. That was Imran. Before that, Imran Lindsay was telling you about his show on a Friday afternoon, four o'clock till six, when he spins the discs of his uh, his favourite discs. Uh, a lot of great reggae music, a lot of great soul music from Imran on Friday. Uh, back here on GPRN Global Perspective Radio Network, four till six p.m. on a Friday. Please don't miss that. After the show today, uh, from 6, we've got the um, Music of the Muslims. That's the UK Muslim Radio on a Wednesday. Starts at 6 o'clock immediately after this show. 
and it's a special, well, you know, uh, a selection of music from around the world, from Muslims around the world making music a special show. And that's with the UK Muslim Radio on a Wednesday afternoon. And that show will be repeated tomorrow at 10 a.m. actually. Um, we were talking um, about the open market. I was going to uh, fill you in a little bit more about the um, challenges we face and the um, and also how the money works. A lot of people want to know how the money works. And we, I'm talking specifically about here as an example the UK Muslim, uh, sorry, the Norwich Free Market. The Norwich Free Market that took place last Saturday in the middle of Norwich, in Norfolk, in East Anglia, in England, in the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland, in Europe even. So that's where it took place. And we, as I said, we had people coming from across the UK. We had, we had, um, we had support uh, from, well, the Open Trade Network, of course. Um, we uh, came out of the Isan Mosque Islamic Centre. We had the Norwich Theatre Royal. We had the Norwich Wellbeing Centre. We had other groups and individuals just offering their support. We've had fantastic feedback from the traders, you know, because, um, you know, alhamdulillah, pretty much all of them did well and want to come back. Whether they'll get back in next time, we don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you never, you never know. So, um, you know, we want to keep. We don't want it to be a thing where you know it's exactly the same traders all the time. You said it's people, but people will learn how to get in. There, people know. You know, people will learn when to book. We'll open up the bookings at a certain time, and people will be able to click a button and then send in their details. And then it will be first come first serve in terms of um, registering. And then once you're registered and accepted, you turn up on the day and first come again, first serve. Choose where you want to be, within limits, etc. So all that is the concept of the market. And the one of the challenges is that is to grow the market and um, have it more strategic and to. You know, I, I noticed that the the, the, the shopping centre, the pretty new shopping centre, um, which was very close to where we had the market. I mean, there are two big shopping centres in Norwich. One of them is pretty much dying a death. Um, the uh, the the older Castle Mall. It seems, you know, it's really quiet in there, and the shops are closed and disappeared. And they're trying to do things to to revive that in some way and bring in other things into it. I've noticed one of the gyms has moved in there recently and things and things like that. Um, and then the other one, which is um, the Chapelfield one, very close. Then I've the the company that owns it, I've heard, is going in financial trouble into. Um, so we don't know what's going to happen there. The challenge would be, of course, to, to be able to, if something happens, to be able to move in there or to make an offer and move into and run this same concept in, a, you know, in the space of the shopping centre. That is the ultimate aim um, in terms of the size and the scope of these things. So, so you know, it's, it's very ambitious. And can you imagine the impact? Instead of 90 shops having 900 traders on a first-come, first-served basis with no, um, you know, no, un no unjust contracts taking place. And, wow, you know, it would be fantastic to think of it. So I want you to think of it like that and not to think of it, you know, like the a very small market that you've seen. You know, think of it, the concept is massive and the concept will transform towns and cities and villages 
um, wherever they are across the world. And it's the same concept across the world where you see many people and there's despair and poverty. Often it's because there is no marketplace. And often there is no infrastructure. If the people concentrate on building these sort of marketplaces, they will revitalize, you know, and revive places across the world. So the concept is universal. And I do remember um, Ahmed Ubelo, the I think he's the first premier of Northern Nigeria, something like that. Uh, very respected man, and I I, I I was given. I mentioned this before. I was given some plans he drawn up, to, which was pretty much to establish. Um, an open market like this in an area of northern Nigeria I can't, I can't remember where it may have been Zaria where I was staying at the time But um, and I said wow and this man he came with this concept it was really about you know bringing wealth and um, enterprise to that part of Nigeria um, you'd understand that if you know the of how Nigeria works in the north and south divide and, and where the oil is and how the oil money what the, the, con the, the, the effect of the oil money in a sense that so many so many states can rely on the oil money that they don't really develop the infrastructure where they are and so yeah it's, it's just it's it's a com it's a common scene that you see across the world if you like so so markets are really again what are needed and it's it's a universal concept uh, that we're we're talking about um, not just for the UK you know it's access to trade for everybody and in terms of the numbers so the big the big question then for people well, okay we get it. You know, people can trade free of charge. Sounds great. You know, as your trader, you love it. Um, but then you're also worried about, you know, how it's paid for. You know, lots of traders don't mind paying, don't mind paying for, um, for pitches because they, you know, they're established. You know, they're going to make money. So that's that's different. Um, just a reminder: if you 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 hear these sort of um, sounds of the street, we are we are a kind of semi outside broadcast today. Inside is just too hot, so you've heard um, everything goes where we are. You know, the windows are open, the sun's streaming in, the wind's blowing, the telephones are ringing, so it's um, a bit of an outside broadcast, but we're, um, you know, so hopefully it's adding some quality and some to the, um, to the broadcast. So we're talking about how does it get funded? And... To be honest, the, 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 the Norwich Free Market was totally funded by you know people um, people donated cash people lent cash people paid for things out of their own pocket and so on and people just brought things that the market needed out of their own pocket you know so, yeah, so all of that happened um, some recorded some not some put their money and were hoping to get it back and managed to get some back you know all these things are going on so it was really funded out of the people who want to see it happen have, have found a way to make it happen. And ongoing, we're trying to do what well, the Open Trade Network. We're always looking to find ways of, of raising cash. Any funds we raise with our projects, we always put money towards these market projects. We've done it in the past. Whether it's the um, We had a Moroccan Andalusian Fair. We had the African markets. We've had the youth markets. We've, um, we've done different theme markets here and um different places across Norfolk, across the UK over the over the years, um, and supported other markets in different countries. Um, yeah, and it's all the same, you know, there are there 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 are people who who understand the concept and if they're going to give support to something, they, they see this as a meaningful cause to support. So 
you know if, again if you want if you want to get in touch in that way and make and then make any kind of contribution you know I'm definitely not going to refuse that um, you can get in touch directly by email through um, norwichfreemarket at gmail.com or um, check the website in a couple of days if it's not on today check the website opentrade.org.uk please you know, opentrade.org.uk or you can contact me via the Global Perspective Radio uh, website globalperspectiveradio.com right if you're already on that site www.globalperspectiveradio.com just there's a message um, at the bottom of the, each page you'll see something about sending a message to get in touch that way send me your details and I'll get back to you directly and I'll, I'll talk about this and also if you're looking at doing a, a market for yourself I'll give you whatever advice I can and, and point you in the right place so crunching the numbers we're talking about parking is obviously can be a, a, a big contributor if you have parking you can charge people for parking and um Again, I mentioned the big shopping centre opposite us, uh, where close to where we are and where we had the Norwich Free Market. And um, yeah, I've been told the phenomenal figures they've made on Sundays from from parking, from a couple of floors of parking. So yeah, that's um, and it's not just people going to the shopping centre. People it's become, become one of the major places for parking in the city centre. Norwich isn't great for parking. And um, warehousing and storage, if you if you're able then also create with the market places where people can store things where they can warehouse or just store some of their the things they'll be using um, even the market even ourselves the market you know organizers we realize that we need to try and keep things near you know on site or as close to on site as possible because you know it's um you know so warehousing and storage and people who will who are likely to be coming to the market regularly will will would, would pay to um and you'll you see this around, um, I know like down in Brixton Market, you know, you, there are people who have those garages very close to the market. And, you know, they rent them out to regular Brixton Market stallholders. I'm sure this is around for many markets, you know. They've got it under the arches and, um, it, and the guys, you'll rent out the, the kind of trolley things that people sell on. And you'll park six or seven of them, you know, in one of these um, arches, the thing on it, um, it's so they'll rent a trolley and the and the, and the um, storage space from him, the people. So things like that are always um, uh, can be money spinners again. Warehousing and storage. If you're able to have you know serviced offices or or worker spaces where people can have hot desks or thing, if you can build that around the market, that can also be a spinner. Depending on what the space you've got again, that can also be a money spinner for you. If you're going to have spaces where you can unload containers. Then you know you can charge for container services. If you're able to host auctions, again I said whether it's cattle, cars, furniture, brick and brack, brick and brack, um, or just general auctions, then you can get auction fees or sales commission. If you have equipment, I just mentioned this guy having the sort of trolleys that people sell them in the in the market. If you have those and can store them, you can rent them out to many traders. Many traders will come. They have stuff, but they've got nothing really good to, um, to you know, to um, display it on. They've got the products, but they, um, you know, they can stick in the back of a car, and they don't really have anything great to display it on. If you can, if you have tables and display things that people can rent, they might rent them from you on the day to add to their stall, um, to their stall. Um, and again, those who don't want to can just have the space. You know, um, I saw someone put 
well, this wasn't a store. They were they someone had just come from their allotment on on um, the weekend at the Norwich Free Market, and had put down some of their produce from the allotment and just put it on a on a stall space or just put it on the ground and said, "Help yourself to whatever it was marrows or pumpkins or whatever they were putting down, garlic and so on." Help yourself. They weren't even selling it; they were just sharing it. I know what you're thinking. If I was smart, I would have picked it all up and then just taken it to my stall and sold it. Yes, that's possible. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not sure what the market authority would have said at the time. Um, so equipment, and then of course you may you may take some kind of payment from foreign traders. If people coming from overseas or outside of the city or outside of the county, it's up to you if you want to. Then you know perhaps maybe take something from them. Um, that may be a way of offsetting the cost. So there are ways of earning from it. There's other fundraising, and obviously there are there are people, friends of the city, who will contribute. People understand the concept. You know, there are people who give, you know, who give to charities and, and give to local charities, especially and people who, you know, I've spoken of this concept to many local, uh, not local rally, but around, well, the world, really. I've talked, spoken to people who are businessmen and they get the concept. I've spoken to people who have been approached to build mosques and I've said, you know, they've understood that, you know, something like this would actually be more beneficial than a new mosque, in, you know, because sometimes there are, in many places there are enough mosques um, and everybody gets it you know whatever religion they are they get it you know so people uh, yeah people get it and uh, people are buying into the concept so this is and if you're somebody who believes in social enterprise then this is the best social enterprise you could think of because you are helping other people get into business and you are creating uh, an enterprise that does that and according to how you get it funded you know, the, the money we, you will use will go to make the market better. You know, it could be that, you know, as a as a organiser, you, you you sell food because that contributes to keeping the market going. You know, you, you'll make your decisions and you will, you know, in this day and age, the way things are, compromise will be necessary because we're not in a society that um, that supports this. You know, it's a bit backward. It's kind of anti this. So this is a big step in kind of putting... Our society is correct. Um, this is something we can do to showcase. And again, I mentioned the Norwich Free Market. People did see the concepts. They came to see it. And we hope it will continue um, for a long time to come. And I urge you to, to support it, to come and visit it, to try something like that of your own, to stay in touch by the website, opentrader.org.uk. Um, if that's not up, then just the web, the email us, norwichfreemarket.gmail.com. Go on the other website, businesstutorsonline.com, and, and download the book, um, the, the New Islamic Money System, which, you know, despite this in Islamic, it's actually, um, I deliberately chose that title, but actually it could be called any kind of new um, money system. And trade it talks about these concepts and really explains them in detail clearly. So I urge you to go to that website, businesstutorsonline.com, and to do that. And, yeah, give us any feedback. Um, please get in touch via the... Um, the radio website globalperspectiveradio.com and if you want to I had some feedback last week from last week's show about the business questions yeah I know I rushed it at the end I tried to get through um, all the questions I had and I was really rushing at the end to get through them I will pr probably revisit the, some of those questions in, a, in, a, in another show I've been getting a load of questions which I've been compiling there putting together of non-business questions which I will also try and um, look at next week and, and I'll 
actually try and get some answers from outside because a lot of them to do with health and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I hope you uh, enjoyed the show and got something from it. Please, any feedback, please, you know, again, via the website, get in touch, uh, globalperspectiveradio.com and, you know, use the feedback forms. Let us know what you think, any suggestions about the show, any questions about the open market. And again, well done to everybody who was involved in the Norwich Free Market from Rahima Jamal and uh, Ablakim and the whole crew and volunteers from the, from the Islam Mosque and Islamic Centre, the regular team of, of support and help with the Home Trade Network, the, 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 the team and staff, the leadership and staff at the Norwich Wellbeing Centre, um, Stephen Cropper and everybody at the um, Norwich Theatre Royal and all the people in the uh, City Council who actually, you know, help to smooth things over rather than put up barriers they managed to take away some barriers at least for this first event and hope they will continue to do so and also um, everybody else who's offered their support who came to visit who traded who came and brought things who just came to show support and hang out in the market just to uh, make the atmosphere something you know as great as it was thank you to everybody for that and I hope to report on more about the Norwich free market in the future